0: so I want to invite you today uh, to open your Bible with us today to that passage I just read Deuteronomy chapter 6 if you would uh, with us today this is a chance for us as a church to to grow to learn uh, to take steps that God is putting on our hearts today he's going to speak to you each of you have come in here from lots of different places and uh, things going on in your lives and here's what I love about our God is he loves to meet each of us right where we are. It's Father's Day. I want to celebrate you dads today as well as just give all of us an opportunity to hear from the Lord and ask God to speak to us and and shape us through this time. Uh, We love to open God's word here and we love to be um, really taught and led by his spirit as he speaks through his word and so my prayer is that God is going to meet each of you right where you are today. This series has been a conversation about how Jesus is making all things new in your life. The moment you come to faith in Christ really is the beginning of a journey of becoming mature in Christ. It's like being born again spiritually. You're like a newborn infant spiritually and you grow to maturity in lots of different areas of your life. In your relationship with Jesus, your relationships here in the church... Your relationship's at home, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, your relationship's at work in the world. Your, your relationship with the spiritual realm and all things spiritual that are happening all around us all the time. Maturity as a follower of Jesus doesn't just magically happen. It actually is a journey of transformation. God is making things new in your life. He is wanting to heal, to transform, to lead you to maturity. Maturity. But it takes a willing heart, a humble heart, a a heart that's hungry to grow and to learn to do our part to become who God made us to be. And so this is a conversation about God. What is our part? How do we become mature in each of these different areas? Today, We're finishing this family sphere, and uh, I want to talk to you specifically about parenting today, and I'm excited to talk about um, parenting, even on Father's Day. Can we just put our hands together one more time for all the dads, grandpas in the room? Uh, You men are amazing, and we're thankful for you. I'm excited to talk about parenting. I love my girls a ton, and I am honored to be able to be their dad. It is such a joy uh, to be their dad. And yet I know that parenting uh, has got lots of different feelings in the room for lots of different stories. Uh, Some of us have been through crazy amounts of tragedy and difficulty when it comes to parenting. Maybe as we were being parented by our parents, it brings up, stirs up all kinds of stuff and I know that there's pains and there's successes, there's all, the whole gambit sitting in this room today, even joining us online, that are all navigating so many difficulties and all kinds of a variety of experiences, but here's what I'm depending on today, is that as we open God's word and he begins to speak, his spirit is the only one that can actually meet you right where you are today. As a grandparent, as, a, as an aunt or an uncle, maybe just somebody, a part of real life that says, how do we be a church that cares about, loves, believes in the next generation? Uh, wherever you find yourself in this parenting conversation today, I'm believing that God is going to inspire you to live according to his de- design and to become mature in your view of how we raise up the next generation. I don't think it's a secret, <clears throat> if you've been around here at all, that I love my two girls a ton. Uh, although as Ruby has started trying to beat me at golf, I love her a lot less now. Uh, just just kidding. No, I love her a ton. Uh, it, it's, it's scary though, isn't it? Parenting. I remember um, being so terrified uh, that God gave us a human being to raise. Like, God, you gave us this little human. Like, what do we do with this little thing? and I, I'm terrified. I remember being terrified, like putting her in the car seat for the very first time, like I was going to break her arms off or something, like it doesn't work, and uh, watching my little niece, she's one now, and she's toddling her way through this life, and her parents are like this, you know, kind of following her around uh, every family event that we were at, we were terrified, I remember. I was so worried about the corners of the coffee table. In fact, we got a round, puffy one instead of a sharp, cornered one, right? There, there was all this kind of anxiety about being a parent, a grandparent. Um, now the anxieties have changed. Um, they're driving, they're, who they're hanging out with, um, boyfriends that are entering their life. There's, there's a lot of um, fear and craziness that goes with being a parent. And uh, I was, my wife and I constantly joke. There's this thing called MOPS that we do around here. Mothers of preschoolers. It's amazing encouragement to moms with preschoolers. And we're like, you know what? We need to start like um, prayer meetings for parents of teenagers. <laughs> like whatever that 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 acronym is. That's what we need to do. Let's pray. Uh, I don't think there's a program that fits um, parenting teenagers. It's just uh, it's just a lot of prayer. And uh, so as as we uh, Enter into this conversation today, I'm asking this question. What are we to be like as parents and grandparents and people that believe in the next generation? What is God asking of us? Who does he want us to be? What is his heart towards the next generation? And how are we to align our hearts with his heart? It's easy to maybe look at parenting and look at how it's been done wrong and measure ourselves against pains and difficulties of our past and and really not align ourselves with the truth of God's word at all. Just maybe align ourselves with what we don't want to be. Or, or, or maybe kind of look at a, a family around you and you're just trying to emulate them. Well, these are all great ideas, but God, what do you expect of us? And who would you ask us to be as parents? Psalm 127, this is God's view of the next generation. Verse 3 says, children are a heritage from the Lord. I love this language. It's like a legacy. It's like, a, like an investment from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from him, God's gift to you, our kids. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. I love that language. Not not just a blessing, but also this arrow, this weapon in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. That's the blessed one. I think about how easy it is to maybe not have this view of children. How, how maybe our lives are so full and our careers are so busy and, and things are so challenging that maybe we're, we're, we're worried about having kids or maybe kids are kind of a, a challenge for us to consider. When God starts to talk about the next generation, he talks about them as a blessing, as a gift, as a reward. Think about how do we align our heart, God, with your heart and seeing children as the blessing that you see them. And Matthew 19, Jesus' disciples missed it. It says, then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them, sent them away, get out of here. Jesus said, what are you doing? Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. I love this picture of Jesus so passionate about blessing, praying over, investing in the next generation. Don't don't allow these uh, misconceptions to get in the way. God loves kids. He loves the next generation. He views them as this amazing gift, as amazing blessing in our lives. As parents, we want our hearts to align with God's heart. How we view the next generation is so important to how we invest in them and raise them. If you view them as a burden or in the way or, or kind of um, impeding your agenda, your life, your priorities, you're going to treat them that way and lead them that way or neglect them that way. God sees these ones as a blessing from God, a gift from God. God, make that our heart. Amen? The other thing, I read it to you all a minute ago in Deuteronomy chapter six. This is how God designed life to go is that the family is his idea and the way that the next generation is going to know who God is and how good he is. Chapter six of Deuteronomy says, or yeah, chapter six, verse five says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. He says, these commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. That's where it starts. But then I want you to impress them on your children. I want you to talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the the door frames of your house and on your gates. Everything that you've got at your disposal, be intentional about getting these commands, this love of God to the next generation. You and I are responsible for the next generation to know the goodness of God. Psalm 145 says, one generation commends your works to another. I love this picture. That as the previous generation, we have a responsibility to bring about the work of God to the next generation. We are to tell of God's mighty acts. To speak of the glorious splendor of God's majesty. And he says, And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate, as one generation to the next celebrates your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. That The greatest impact and responsibility we have is to bring about the awareness of the goodness, the grace, the wondrous power of our God, the work of our God in our lives and in our midst to the next generation. To sing of it, to declare of it, to help them experience it. Like like God's heart is that one generation would pass off to the next generation this amazing heritage of his goodness and his faithfulness and his love to them. It is our responsibility To help the next generation know the goodness of God. Fathers have a special role in kids' lives. Colossians 3, Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. He writes in in Ephesians 6, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. When you hear all these verses, I hope that you're, you're gathering a, a little bit of a perspective here. Number one is that God's, God's view of the next generation is that they are a blessing. God, would this be our heart and our mind and our view and our perspective? And number two, that the family is his idea, and the family is to be the place where the next generation comes to know who Jesus is and experiences the love of God and understands the fullness and the grace of God and the works of God and the power of God and the faithfulness of God. The family is the place that God has intended the next generation to be raised to maturity, and we are responsible for the family. We are responsible for those kinds of homes and and to be these kinds of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and to be this kind of a church. So this, this heart just starts to come alive inside of us, and my hope is that you're asking the same question that I'm asking today is, going how do we do that? Like, how do we have that perspective and how do, God, I lead that kind of a way and how does my family or the kids that I'm around or this church become that kind of a place where the next generation is hearing of your goodness and your glory and your wondrous work? And how, really the question is, how do I be a mature parent to the next generation? That's, that's the question. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that. But that's what I'm hoping you get to today is how do I mature in my parenting? How do I grow in this and, and, and become amazing at this and excellent at this? That you are in a journey of transformation and maybe the model of parenting you got was absolute trash. That's not an excuse to just sit on your hands and pretend like it's still not your responsibility to learn and to grow. Or maybe maybe it was just kind of skewed a little bit and God is wanting to shape things and change things. There's a hunger in our hearts that says, God, how do I become mature as a parent in young people's lives? How do I help them become who you made them to be? God, help me to grow in this. So really, I think for me, it starts with this awareness of how God views kids as a blessing. So if if God sees kids as a blessing, the next generation as this gift from him, then that that requires you and I to make a decision about how we see the next generation as a blessing. That is an actual decision that you have to make in your heart. And usually that decision is found in really small little moments when um, the day is really long. When, when the crying won't stop or when the stress won't go away or the anxiety about where they are and, and, and how things have been going or who friends they have or how things have been like, that is usually when this decision has to be made is God, these ones are a blessing from you. And to have that kind of mind is really a decision in our own hearts to go, okay, well, I gotta recognize that the, the grace that I've been given in my own life. See, for you to, To recognize the blessing of the kids in your life starts with an awareness of what God has done in your own life. I love in Deuteronomy 6, he says, these commandments I give today to you today are to be on your hearts. This is where it starts, is in your heart. is an awareness that the God of of this world, of this entire universe, this whole thing has created you for a relationship with him. And your sin has separated you from him. And in his love and in his mercy and his grace, he came on a rescue mission by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, to walk on this earth, sinless and perfect, willingly giving himself up for you so that, so that you can exchange all of your imperfection and all of your, your, your filthiness for his perfection and his grace. See, this is where this whole thing starts is you, you recognize that I need a savior, And I have been rescued by the love of God. And it is clearly because of God's grace that I am even here today, and the gifts that he puts in my life are a blessing from him. None of it I deserve, none of it I've earned, none of it i put together. God, it is by your grace alone that I am saved. Thank you, God, for your mercy being poured out on this life. Thank you, God, for the next generation that you've entrusted to me. God has called us to have this kind of a heart where we just recognize the blessing of God in our life. Your connectedness with Jesus will determine the success of your parenting journey. If you find yourself disconnected from the grace of God, the gift of God in your life, you're going to find yourself critical of the young people in your life. If you're distant from how much God has loved you and poured out his grace in your life, it is going to be difficult for you to be really connected with how much grace and love you want to pour out in the next generation's life. So that's why Deuteronomy 6 says, you've got to have this on your heart. This command is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love him with everything you've got. That's where this starts. It starts with the good news of Jesus changing your heart. Changing your perspective. When you are blessed by the good news of God's grace and you see children the way God has made them to be as this blessing in your life, you're able to choose joy in the small moments. I remember so many days getting phone calls from my wife as I was off gallivanting at work, you know. (laughs) Oh, how, how, how was work today, babe? You know, did you get to have coffee with a bunch of people and, you know, hang out with... Big humans, you know, that talk real language, you know, uh, I might throw one of these ones out the window here any minute. You know, these little tiny moments is where, where I believe God wants to help us choose the joy and the blessing that God has given us in these young people. When you are blessed, you become a blessing. When you feel shortchanged, or maybe my career's getting interrupted, or maybe my life's not what I thought it would be, it's much tougher to be a blessing to the next generation. But if you could view them as the blessing that God has made them, then you're able to take on the responsibility of Deuteronomy 6 and begin to impress these, these, this love and this grace on the next generation. He says, impress these commands on your children. If you are blessed by the blessing that God has given you, then you can become a blessing to the next generation. If you are annoyed or, or uh, frustrated by the next generation, it's so important for us to just check our hearts in how we view the young people that are in our lives. i would say this as well, when it comes to being a blessing to the next generation. One of the greatest hindrances that the enemy has put in our lives is the fear of what might happen to these young ones that we love so much. Fear has dominated so many of our hearts and our minds over the last several years, and fear as a parent undermines us becoming a blessing. Fear leads us to control, to micromanage, to overcompensate, Fear drives so many of our decisions. And when we recognize that every one of these young people are a gift from God, a blessing from God, it allows us to be much more faith-filled in how we approach parenting. Some of us take our responsibility and, 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 and kind of overdo it because of the fear in our hearts. And I want to encourage you that somehow God brought you through. As a crazy teenager, as a a kid in a really broken home. Somehow, The faithfulness and the power and the grace of God has been miraculous in your life. My encouragement to combat the fear in your heart is this, is that the same spirit, the spirit of the living God who has provided for you, protected you, is healing you, has been faithful in your life, will be faithful in their life. I am asking us as a church to have some faith in the God of the universe who gives gave you the blessing of the next generation. Do not allow this fear to to ruin your perspective of the next generation. Don't allow fear to undermine the joy of being a blessing to the next generation. You are blessed by God. Now let's become a blessing to the next generation. That's really first in this whole conversation today. The second thing is this, is that I want to call you to set them up, to become who God made them to be. That you think about opportunities and, and uh, experiences in your life. You have good stuff. You have bad stuff. You have challenges. You have difficulties. Every one of these things in your life are to be leveraged as an opportunity to help the next generation learn and grow. Resources. You have finances. They don't. You have you have wisdom. They don't. You have so much that God is put into your life. This is why Deuteronomy 6 says, talk about these commands. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, uh, uh, when you you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads. There is this intentionality about every bit of your life, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the, the difficulties, the amazing moments. All of these are opportunities to help them become who God made them to be. And with a heart of being a blessing, you have the opportunity now to be intentional about, how do I set them up to grow? How do I set them up to succeed? How do I set them up to become who God made them to be? What does it look like for me to set them up? And I think that this passion um, is, is really, really important in our hearts. I was thinking about <clears throat> just the process that my family is in right now as my wife is battling cancer and the difficulties of all of that. And my girls have been right in the middle of this with us at the hospital with us, different treatments together. And for me as a dad, it's tempting to want to kind of maybe shield my girls from some of the difficult conversations and all the diagnosis and all these things. And It takes a lot of wisdom for us to understand this, but one of the greatest blessings has been this, has been you. And it's been the, um, the outpouring of God's love and grace through you, finances and cards and so many Blessings that have been coming through Jesus' church. My girls are getting to see Jesus' church in action as we're reading these cards together. We're seeing the financial gifts together as there's this kind of sense of God's provision and faithfulness that is being provided through his church, through you. These are opportunities, not an opportunity anybody would wish on anybody, but these are moments where God is saying, hey, Richie, I want you to be intentional about helping your girls see the power of my church and my love through my people in their lives. Every high moment and low moment, maybe, maybe you've completely messed up as a parent. These, these failures are opportunities for you to own your part and show humility and ask for forgiveness and demonstrate what it looks like to be to be courageous in your apology and and owning your part, not blaming it on somebody else or blaming it on them or leveraging your authority in their life to just kind of quiet them up and get them out of the way. But this is an opportunity for you to set them up to succeed in relationship, to succeed in a relationship with God, with other people. Everything that you have has been given to you as an opportunity to help them become who God made them to be. Deuteronomy 6 says, be intentional with all of it. When you lie down, when you get up, when, you, when you're sitting at home, when you're walking along the road, every bit of your life is an opportunity to help them become who God made them to be. When you view them as a blessing with a heart to bless them, then you have a chance to really leverage everything that God has given you to help them learn and grow. And also, when you're thinking of setting them up, think in these terms. You are the primary disciple maker of these kids in your home. It is tempting to outsource discipleship to a school or to a church and go, hey, take care of those kids for me. Teach them about Jesus for me. Maybe that's not your intent, but but accidentally we, we find ourselves in these places outsourcing these things. Uh, maybe it's more efficient or maybe you're just maybe not sure what they're getting here or there or whatever, and so I'm not saying Schools are wrong. Obviously, church, we want this to be a place where kids are encouraged in the Lord. But ultimately, you're the one responsible to set them up to become who God made them to be. So when you walk out of these doors on a Sunday, leverage that opportunity. Hey, what did you learn about? what did you color there? What is that that you talked about? Who is Jesus? What did you, you know, like those questions are your responsibility to help shape the heart of these kids to know, love, follow Jesus. Same thing if they're in a school setting where they're getting to hear about Jesus. They're, you have an opportunity there to leverage that for the glory of God in your kids' lives. Do not depend on that as the primary way that God is going to raise up the next generation. As a grandparent, understanding that their parents are their primary disciple. Maybe they're not following Jesus at all. You take that responsibility and help these young people know who Jesus has called them to be and how much he loves them. Maybe you need to get them here to church with you. Whatever that looks like, leverage that as this perspective. I am the primary disciple maker in this young person life. I'm not going to outsource that to anyone else or or hope that somebody else will get it. You have the most influence in their life. Use it. They they love you. May not feel like it all the time, but they do. They, They want to be like you. They respect you. They look up to you. This is the opportunity that God has given us by having these young ones in our home. We are responsible for them. Let's not outsource their discipleship and expect somebody else to take care of them for me. When you think about this, here's what I hope you hear is that setting them up for the future that God has for them starts with us recognizing that the highest priority and goal of the next generation's life is that they would have a relationship with Jesus. It is easy to buy into the world's definitions of success, the right school, the right grades, the right career path, the, the, the perfect sports team, the perfect um, coach, the perfect whatever. And we're setting them up in all of these ways. I'm not against any of those things. But if they don't understand who Jesus is and the grace of God and the love of God in their lives, and we're missing eternity in this entire conversation. These young people are eternal beings they are going to live forever either with God in heaven because of a relationship with him or separated from God uh, in, in a real place called hell because they don't have a relationship with God that, that is saving them from their sins. And so the highest priority, the number one priority of setting them up is helping them to know the love, the grace, the mercy of Jesus in their life, helping them to become passionate about a relationship with Jesus. Setting them up for me oftentimes looks like exposure to the right people, the right places, the right opportunities. How do we put them in environments? How do we put them around different things? Uh, years ago, there was this amazing opportunity where my friend was uh, the men's soccer coach over here at Whitworth, and he's like, hey, Richie, we're going on a missions trip to South Africa. Will you... Uh, will you come as our chaplain? I was like, yeah, that would kind of sound fun, you know, or whatever. But then as my wife and I were talking, there was this opportunity. Well, if I can bring my daughter, I mean, she was like 11 years old at the time. What an opportunity for her to experience Jesus at work in another country and around all this other opportunity. I said that, I'll come if I can bring, bring faith with me. And he was like, Absolutely. What a, what a gift to be able to set her up to see what it looks like to pursue Jesus in that kind of a setting. All the prayer meetings, the time that we were in the prison, the guys were playing soccer with all these inmates, and then we're, we're huddling up afterwards, and they're sharing their testimony about how God is rescuing them out of all of their past. My little 11-year-old was hearing the grace of God in these prisoners' lives in another country. Like, that's some powerful stuff, right? Right? For you and I to have this kind of passion inside of us to go, oh, how do we help them know, love, follow Jesus, not make it about the best career, the best grades, the best spouse, the best, you know, whatever it, a culture might tell you it's supposed to be, Jesus has got to be the highest priority. I often tell our girls, you know, whatever boy you end up dating, man, he better love Jesus way more than you do. Because I want you know, he who walks with the wise becomes wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. And, and that kind of an intimate relationship, man. I want to. I want to. Does this boy know Jesus, or is he just kind of given the, you know, when you're a pastor, people talk different around you. I've noticed this. <laughs> is he just giving me that, or is he like, oh, is he passionate about Jesus? Because I think that that the priority of setting them up starts in that place. Of just passion, passion for Jesus. The last thing I'll say to this is how do we mature as a parent? Because we got to learn to let them go. The goal of this is that they would know Jesus and eventually pursue Jesus on their own. Some starts early on. If you've got young boys, I would encourage you, it probably starts a lot younger than you think. This independence and needing to figure out what it means to be a man It's a journey and and, uh, every young man stumbles a ton on that journey and they need that space to stumble their way through that journey, not to be coddled through it or micromanaged through it. And I don't know exact ages and how all this works. Young women, that are being raised in my home. Maybe it looks a little different for girls than it does for boys. I know it does. But understanding that there's a process of them becoming independent in their relationship with God and relationships around this world. and We have a responsibility to... Work them towards that independence, and that is actually a good thing. Insecure parents make it about them and want to hold on to the kids longer and longer. And I I think it it takes a real courageous, fearless parent that says, "God, you you've entrusted this young one to me for a season, and that season is going to be over soon. And so, Lord, I'm learning to let them go to become who you've made them to be, to preserve your relationship with them, so that as they change and get more independent, that your relationship stays intact." As a parent, it feels like every year, couple of years, how I parent has to adapt to the age that they are, the level of independence that they have. It never stays in the same spot. And as a parent, it's our responsibility to continue to learn and grow as these young ones mature and become more and more independent. It's not up to them to adapt to our way of thinking. We are in a servant's role when we are learning to let go. We are serving them. We are setting them up to become who God made them to be. And this independence process is, and it's rocky. We're in the throes of this right now with the age of our girls. And it's, it's tempting to w- wanna maybe cling to the kids or micromanage the kids. It's tempting to maybe l- limit their opportunities because I'm worried about how it's gonna go. Just don't make it about you. Don't allow fear to dictate how you parent. Don't allow your conviction of the blessing that these young ones are and the the opportunity and responsibility we have to be a blessing to them to raise them up, to become who God made them to be. Don't let that get overshadowed by maybe fears or insecurities about the future that you have and maybe decisions that they've made in the past and consequences that have kind of around their life right now. Maybe your children are grown and you've seen a lot of brokenness in their life and there's still that angst in your heart about how god is going to get a hold of them and i pray that, that god would just give you the strength to continue to pray trust that he's going to work in their lives that as you share what god is doing in your life that that he is going to give you opportunities to see them soften to you even though maybe you've messed up a ton god is going to redeem your story in some powerful way in their life but that that you would know that it's not something that you've got to control or micromanage that God has got to do his part and you got to do your part. Your kids have their responsibility to do their part as well. And for you to try to manage all three parts is insane and will not go well. You've got to learn to let go. Want to think about Father's Day today. I know dads you face challenges in this culture and in this world that we live in when it comes to raising kids the way of God I want to encourage you today because things are difficult doesn't mean it's bad it means it takes discipline, it takes kind of a fortitude to keep trying, keep learning, keep making mistakes, keep after I want to encourage you not to give up because it's difficult to not check out, maybe you're still there but you're not present I want you to have the courage to keep learning, to stay humble, to keep after this this awareness of how do I raise these young ones to know, love, follow Jesus with all their hearts. Not just dads, but every one of us would be passionate about raising the next generation to know Jesus. That's my prayer. As a church, that we would see Every young person in this city is our responsibility to help them know Jesus, whether it's through a VBS, a Sunday service, a youth camp, a Tuesday night service. Maybe it's, maybe it's through our young people sent out into all the different schools that God is using them to impact hearts and lives of their friends that, that we would see this whole city as our responsibility as a church. steward to love, to raise up, to disciple, to help these young ones know the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Their hearts would ache for the next generation. Jesus is so faithful. He's so loving. His grace is so good. He can cover over so many mistakes and so many shortcomings and so many difficult moments in our past. His grace is so good. I want you to be encouraged and inspired today that God wants to work powerfully in your home. He wants to work in your kids' lives. He wants to work through you as a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a a person at real life that just says, I love the next generation. And God wants to mature you in how you parent, how you see the next generation. Be committed to that growth. Be committed to that transformation process. I want to pray for you today because... I know this conversation stirs so much in your hearts and your minds. Some of you, as I spoke of your relationship with Jesus as the beginning place, you realize you're disconnected. You don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you never have. A prayer is that today, Jesus would be convicting your heart that you need a savior. That your righteousness is not enough. Perfection is God's standard. And it's only by Jesus' perfection and your faith in him that you can come to a place of right relationship with God. Your works will never be enough. Our religion will never be enough. It is only by the grace of God. Others of you, maybe you're discouraged about where the next generation is or where your kids are specifically. As I pray, I'm I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to meet you in that discouragement, your doubts, your fears. He's going to lead you to a place of freedom and hope in Him. Others of you, you're really stoked about where your kids are. and I pray that He just encourages you today to keep going, keep loving keep learning, and see how he's working through. Would you stand your feet with me today, my Jesus, you know every story here, every heart here, every difficulty here, every fear here, every anxiety here, God. And we lay it all before you right now. Every story. Every bit of brokenness, and pain and shame lay it before you. Every young person that we know, God, we just choose right now, God, to see them as the blessing, as the gift, as the reward that they are from you, God. And we just say thank you. Thank you for entrusting us with the next generation. Thank you, God, for your love to give us this blessing, this gift of these young ones that that are in our lives, Lord pray that the young people even in the room today would just know that they are a blessing God to us that they would just feel your warmth and your love God as your church just stands here unified today saying God thank you for the gift of these young people for those that are far from you Jesus and are being drawn to you right now God give them the courage to repent give them the courage to turn to you Jesus wholeheartedly God you are a savior You're our our hope, God. I ask you to be their salvation right now, today, God. We love you with all our hearts, Jesus. We trust you in your name. Amen. If you're not baptized yet, that is your next step in following Jesus. I want to encourage you to head to the back. Our team's got shirts and shorts, towels, everything you need to take that step. Today, we'd love to celebrate with you. We got to baptize three more people into Jesus last week. It's pretty, pretty awesome. We could probably celebrate. Put your hands together for that. And uh, we'd love to help you take that step today as well. The team's going to lead us in a moment of worship as they do. Head to the back. Let's respond to what God is saying to us today. Come on.